What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 38 of the Lombard Trucking Show. As always, I'm your host, Michael Lombard, a.k.a. Lombard Trucking. I uh, hope you all had a very happy new year and happy holiday season. Uh, very excited for uh, this episode right here. I have with me a very special guest. It's actually pretty awesome how we met. So if you remember from uh, two episodes ago, I had a conversation with the Canadian ice road trucker himself, uh, Mr. Gord McGill, and actually... The, there was a huge Twitter thread where he was uh, the main part of it tagged with like 35 accounts of like truckers and other random people uh, about his podcast uh, when he was on the Odd Lots podcast um, sponsored by Bloomberg. And this gentleman here joining me, uh, Reed, uh, he's a freight broker and he kind of, you know, perused through that thread of Twitter users and he ended up finding me and he, and he followed me and I followed him back because he's somebody in the industry. And I was like, okay, this, this could be somebody I could follow. And he ended up uh, shooting a tweet out there that I found really interesting and kind of it's what actually led us to recording this podcast today. And he had asked whether or not motor carriers consider freight brokers as customers. And so we kind of engaged on that and he ended up saying that this is something that he's trying to change. So right then and there, I knew that Reed was somebody who kind of shares the same sentiments I do of he knows that he can't win unless the people around him are winning and that he's not going to try to step on anybody and screw everybody over. We've kind of been talking about a lot of stuff that he's got going on, a lot of stuff that he wants to change. So, you know, without further ado, Reed, thanks, thanks for coming on board, man. Glad to have you here. Michael, good to be here, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, tell tell the listeners out there kind of who you are, where you're from. You know, what's what's your life story? What got you know what got us here today, and what what are you up to? Yeah, yeah. Before I start, I just want to preface with this is my first podcast ever. I am a, a podcast newbie. I apologize if I break any you know conventions. Uh, I don't know how many conventions you adhere to on the show, but. Uh, uh, is this a language or this is there's no there's no language filter on here i'm assuming correct oh no this is a free speech but, zone dude yeah, yeah the episode the episode with gord i uh, i i'm you know hoping that those are big shoes to feel fill so uh <laughs> hopefully hopefully we uh we can turn out some good content here that people are uh, actually interested in listening to i know i listened to that whole show so no, I appreciate uh, that. And I, yeah, I, uh, I think what I think, you know, with people have heard me complaining about brokers a lot. And I think, you know, this is going to be something they're going to say, oh, well, he brought, you know, he brought the enemy to the table. And that, so <laughs> I, I'm hoping this is going to be something that people definitely want to hear. Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So I'll uh, I'll give you a brief little bit of color. I'll explain kind of how I got into the industry, where I, you know, what I, you know, I'll, I'll give you a 30 second little blurb to bring you back bring you to the present basically i am 29 years old um been in freight for since right out of college first job out of college was a carrier sales rep at a, at a big you know household name brokerage stumbled into it basically because i didn't really know what the heck i wanted to do right i uh, i have a philosophy degree from uh from uh, marquette university uh, out in Milwaukee, if anyone is familiar. Uh, so I spent some time in Milwaukee. I'm originally from Scottsdale, Phoenix area, Arizona. Moved to Wisconsin when I was 18. I'd never seen snow. Uh, then spent some time in Boston post-college where I uh, started working in, in freight, obviously at a brokerage in our satellite office. Spent some time in Chicago. I uh, was there for about five years at the big brokerage doing strictly carrier sales. 
Um, and I can get into that distinction if we want to, uh, or just get, get, you know, really kind of into how the sausage is made on the brokerage side. And, uh, if we want to, um, did that for five years, that was until basically two years ago, about this time. And I transitioned over to big TMS provider, um, software side, giant company though, was really just kind of a meh experience to be honest i wanted to get out of the grind quote unquote i uh, realized there's no escaping the grind wherever you go very quickly after after ju uh jumping ship and joining this this software gig um got you know did that for a year and then back in um about may this time or about may last year's 2022 that's weird to say um i was done at the TMS company and had a buddy who was an agent for um, or ran an agency, runs an agency for Armstrong Transport Group, which is a, an agent based brokerage that I'm now an independent agent for. I've got a couple customers uh, kind of approaching the brokerage side from a completely different point of view. Like I said, uh, at my first gig, I was a carrier rep, which is a very specific um, role. I was very uh, you know, strictly working with carriers, um, not working with shippers or customers, not getting any freight at all. Uh, I just moved Echo Freight. I gave away where I worked. I worked at Echo Global, Echo Global Logistics. Just, just dox myself. Oops, no, whatever. My name's on here, so you, everyone can look up where I worked. I have a LinkedIn, uh, but, but, but my picture is not on LinkedIn. I got Smokey and the Bandit on there right now. I just wanted to kind of screw around and do that. Anyway, caveat. Um, yeah, so. Uh, now I'm spent the last whatever since May uh, as a full independent agent, cold calling customers, getting my own freight, moving all my own freight. So it's just a, a very different role compared to what I was doing before. Um, and so yeah, I've really you know gotten my gotten my fair share of experience, you know, from multiple different seats in the brokerage world. So happy to kind of talk about that. I totally understand and sympathize with your, and I totally understand and sympathize with your disdain for brokers and drivers and carriers general disdain. Obviously I've been, you know, I know how the sausage is made. So I understand um, that, you know, in many ways it's an earned uh, disdain, but in, in my opinion, in, in many ways, it's also not necessarily. So uh, it's very, very subjective and everybody's experience with everyone else is subjective in this crazy world we, we spend our time in. Um, so I'll get into that. I also, uh, uh, probably about two years ago, uh, right around when I started at the software company, uh, the TMS company, I um, really got into software and, and understanding how to code and uh, just in a super, super sloppy way over the years, basically, you know, clobbered together a a very, very modest ability to code. I don't want to uh, overstate my my acumen, but uh, but yeah. So I I got interested in that about two years ago. So over the summer, and this is this is kind of bringing in my other project that I'm working on, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, which I've shown you kind of a peek behind the hood on. Um, yeah. So I learned how to code mostly web stuff, JavaScript, HTML. All, all, all the stuff you interact with on the internet. Uh, that's what I was interested in. That's what I learned. Very, very crude education, no formal education, all YouTube um, tutorials, stuff like that. 
wanted knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to do my, my own thing um, outside the brokerage world, but still was thinking about freight, right? Because I've spent, you know, whatever, seven or eight years now thinking about freight and knew I wanted to build my own thing and had a million ideas over the years, never really pulled the trigger. And, you know, I was at the time learning how to build stuff on the internet. So I was like, you know what, like, let's just really put my, you know, our nose to the grindstone and figure something out. Um, so over the, you know, past two years, I've been writing down ideas. They all in hindsight are terrible. And, uh, fast forward to June this year or this past year, around the same time I started at, at Armstrong, uh, had a buddy who needed a very, very simple tracking portal built um, load tracking portal and like really dumb as rocks thing. He use case he needed. And I was like, I, I can do it. I, so I built it for him, uh, and thought, you know, maybe I can find some other customers for this. So I was like, I'm going to start a business, which is now my, which is when I started my, my, my business lost freight, um, realized building that myself, like, and trying to sell it to a couple people, I was like, I just don't know if this is really a need, right? A very niche need, a, a very rudimentary tracking portal. Um, so I basically was like, eh, I don't know if that's it. Um, I had met a buddy and I'm really going through everything now. I said 30 seconds in the beginning, but I'm still going. So stop me at any point if you want. No, man, keep um, rolling because we're going <laughs> to, I got some questions for you and yeah, we'll keep rocking. Cool. No, you're doing good. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up here and then we can pick it apart. Um, yeah, so I, I had met a I, I had met a guy on Twitter actually. Of all, I love meeting people on Twitter. In case you can't tell, uh, I met a buddy on Twitter who uh, was uh, software engineer, legit. I had him help me, you know, over the over the year or so that I knew him, which just on little projects that I was working on. He fixed a lot of my broken code, and eventually I had this. I was really dancing around this idea, which I'm now building with this guy, Jake, that I met. Um, and we really teamed up back together in September and we're kind of working on something in, that, in, in the freight software world, which is lost freight, which is live now. So we'll go into all that. I'll stop. Where do you want to go from here? You oh, yeah. Me. No, that's awesome, man. So number one, respect <laughs> for learning how to code, uh, because aside from whatever it is I did on MySpace back in the day, uh, that's nothing. Uh, uh, I, I can't do it. So, I mean, but hey, that's really uh, the future. And right I mean, everybody who's learning to code, I mean, at this point, going to school for it's almost like a scam because, you know, YouTube's free. So I definitely give you a lot of credit for that. But I think so for the listeners. So you said, uh, you know, you were a carrier sales rep and now and then you went on over to uh, working uh, on a, at an agent base. So and I think mm -hmm. some listeners could be confused by that because I, so basically from my side of things, uh, I've been dealing with carrier sales reps. Uh, so mm -hmm. for the most part, when it comes to so the large ones like C.H. Robinson, Coyote, um, uh, mm -hmm. Arrive Logistics, there's uh, the larger brokerages. There's one rep that's assigned to MC, which I'm sure they all have several MCs. And when I find loads on the load board, I'll in instead of either bid bidding them digitally or calling a call center, I'll actually negotiate with those guys mm -hmm. firsthand. And I'm, is that what you were doing? hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so a lot of those, a lot of those reps, sometimes there's no budge, there's no wiggle room with them. And I can understand that to a certain point, but so basically that's, 
that's the difference now. You're in a sense the carrier sales rep is a middleman. What is the the agent based side of things, which I think a lot of people, uh, especially who aren't in the freight industry, know about. Yeah, so it's 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 just a a, a very a simpler model, I would say. Um, the big brokerages, like you alluded to, those big names, your household names. Uh, I don't obviously. I can only speak to my experience at at at, at Echo, uh, but my understanding is that basically all of them, all the big guys kind of share a very similar structure where they divide the sales staff between a customer sales side, the people who go out and cold call customers and get freight and the carrier side, the people who then look at that big list of freight that they've, the customer sales reps have, have won or quoted and they go out and try to find trucks for it. So um, that's what I was doing. I was doing carrier sales. I was going out and I was looking at a giant list of shipments, um, internal company shipments, and I was going out to find trucks, to find capacity for the, for the shipments. Um, so that's how a lot of the bigger brokerages work. Um, again, I can, like I said, I can only speak to specifics uh, with in, in based on my experience. Uh, but now I've transitioned, like, like you said, to an agent-based um, brokerage, which is really smashes the roles together. You basically do everything yourself. Um, and it's, it's essentially like in many ways where owner ops lease on to uh, the authority of like a big company, right. And they can kind of do their own thing. That's very similar to how an agency agent based, you know, brokerage like Armstrong works. I'm essentially not officially leased on, but contracted to them. I use their software. I use their authority. I use their insurance and and in, in, in I use their billing and their and their um, their paperwork and their accounting teams. And I basically just go out and sell and I then move all the freight that I that I sell. Right. So I've got a couple of customers. They I work with them. I get the freight and then I go find carriers. So I'm basically doing both sides myself uh, in my current role. So does that make sense? Is that a good explanation, you think? Yeah, I, th I actually think that's the best way to put it. So it's essentially, you and I are kind of doing one and the same. I'm leased onto a carrier, and then yeah, you're leased onto it. And actually, when you when you think about it that way, and for any listeners who didn't know this, uh, freight brokerages also have to have a, a, an authority. They yep. have they have their own MC number, or because mm -hmm. to to be able to and people, you know, this is through the Department of Transportation and the FMCSA to legally haul freight to the United States. You need that authority. That's what legally authorizes you to do that and then brokers also have to have insurance too because technically they own the freight that they're then giving to a contractor or carrier and that's kind of just i guess the legality terms and i haven't really gone into that those nuts and bolts really on the show so i just wanted to make that stuff clear but so and from my point of view if, if i was on the broker side of things i'd be more wanting to be that on that agent based in it because it seems there's more on your side of things there's a lot more customer service uh and there's a lot more person person to person relationships you need to build in order to grow yourself yeah so it's so it's interesting that it's really just kind of about who you're building relationships with right like i've i in my current role and in customer sales at a big brokerage um you're really interfacing first and foremost with customers uh in my in my role now i also like i said move the freight too but most of my freight spot and I don't, I don't have a ton of contract business. So I'm not really ever dealing with the same carrier more than once. 
which so I'm not necessarily always built. I try to as, as, as often as I can. I try to load the same guys because it's in my best interest to try to find carriers who run the lanes that I'm regularly doing. Right. But it's just it just doesn't always work out. So most of my time is spent talking to new carriers all the time uh, in my current role and, and building relationships with customers. But when I was a carrier sales rep, all my time was spent talking to carriers. And as you alluded to, I in your intro or you, you said, you know, you have a, an assigned rep to you at all the big brokerages. You have an assigned carrier sales rep, which is 100 percent how it was for me. I had my big list of carriers that I worked with, which actually wasn't really that big. 10, 20, 30 regular carriers that I quote owned. They were my customers. I only I could book with them uh, internally. Um, those were my those were my customers, right? Those were the guys that I was talking to every single day. Those were the people, you know, I I'm now many of them still friends with and talk to, even though we haven't done a load in years. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's just it's just really about who you're building a relationship with. Um, and, and it just, it just totally depends based on your role. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, you, you talk about how you're in this agent based side of things, you're dealing with, uh, brand new carriers for the most part all the time, which in that sense of things, uh, I mean, that's where I think a lot of this and some of the animosity has been coming from for some people, uh, between Mm -hmm. carriers and brokers. Uh, obviously there has, uh, uh, I think there, there's, you know, I don't want to say an elephant of the room, but people genuinely, if you go on TikTok, if you go on Twitter, if you go, if you read blogs or if you read other, read other podcasts, or even if you go to DC, a lot of people are, are like the, you know, OOIDA, people are lobbying mm-hmm. for quote unquote broker transparency. Uh, people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be, people believe carriers and drivers, everybody believe that there is definitely an issue w- w- between um freight brokers and uh and the carriers and I'll, you'll see a lot on tiktok a lot of drivers will be like this is why you need your own authority and you could set up uh contracts with your own customers and it's like that's mm-hmm, fun and mm-hmm. that's fun and great and all but it's like if you're a one truck one trailer show and i call and i go ahead and call a customer they don't need one truck they need five mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm, it there, there's no one size fits all answer to this so we have issues going on so from your side of things, what do you think the the problems are between the carriers and the brokers? You know what it, you know what beef do you have with 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 carriers? I guess you know I, you know I'm, I'm giving I want to give you the floor and let you tell people out there. You know what's what do you think the problem is? You know, kind of give you the chance to exonerate yourself. I guess <laughs> uh, that's 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 fine. I'm I'm okay with that position. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't. It's such. It's so, and this is going to be a tiny bit of a cop-out preface to what I'm about to say, but it's just so subjective and there's so many kind of permutations of the relations between carriers and brokers, right? It's, there's so millions and millions of people, different people all trying to work together to accomplish this, you know, to build and repower this economy that we're all, you know, involved in which is, you know, an interesting way of putting it, but that's really what's happening, right? Um, so it's hard to really boil down any one problem, although there are, you know, obviously there are many. I think that um, if I had to pick one, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, the, the relationship I would, between carriers and, and, and brokers is generally tenuous, I would say. I would, um, there's 
there's certainly an air of kind of suspicion from both angles, right? And then that just really arises out of the simple fact that as a broker, you make money by paying carriers less, right? And as a and as a carrier, you like that's that's literally how you make money. Like you need to make a profit, right? So so generally your incentive, quote unquote, is usually to try to find the cheapest truck you can, right? But then when you flip it and you're a carrier, obviously your incentive, you want to make as much as you can, right? So in that sort of situation, there's always going to be kind of a, a balance that's struck where, you know, in some situations you have carriers winning and in some situations you have brokers winning, quote unquote, winning, right? Making more money, like having their being satisfied with what they're getting, right? So it's, it's, there is no perfect system. And we're basically, I think, you know, kind of really doing the best we can in, in this big cluster of a market we, we all occupy. Um, so I, ha- I, I have seen, you know, I've been in the driver, not the driver's seat, but I've been in the broker seat for a while and I've talked to thousands and thousands of carriers. I've talked to thousands and thousands of drivers you know, I'm friends with tons of carriers and in my seat as, as, as a carrier sales rep, I was really, you know, if they weren't happy, like I, they weren't going to work with me. You know what I mean? So I had an incentive to treat them right. And I had an incentive to try to work with the same people over and over again. Right. And I had an incentive to really, you know, find solid carriers and, get keep them coming back keep them wanting to work with me right uh because that's really what made my job enjoyable was working with the same people over and over again right befriending carriers working with them for years i mean like i like i've said i'm gonna probably say this a million more times like i I, every single day i talk to carrier buddies of mine who who used to do you know dozens and hundreds and hundreds of loads for me so i i i um the care you know, generally as a carrier sales rep, you know, you kind of got it when you start out, you really are, uh, you have to kind of roll in the mud a little bit and in order to find, you know, your, your carriers that you like working with that do, that are, are, you know, do a good job and are communicative and all the things that you would want a carrier, right. It takes a little bit to find the good, good guys, right. Because, I think we, everyone could admit there's terrible brokers. There's people who suck to work with. There's people who screw you over. And the same holds true on the carrier side. There's people who don't communicate, who are sketchy, who are doing shady stuff, right? And, and really, it's unfortunate that on both sides, those bad actors really ruin, ruin, make everyone else's life hell, right? Because the vast majority of carriers are, are, are quality, good actors, they're people trying to make an honest, honest living. They're, they're people who are out there hustling, trying to, you know, provide for their families. And the same holds true in brokers. So uh, it's, I don't want to paint with a wide brush or whatever that saying is. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of rambling here. Anything you want to, any particular direction you or point I made that you want to kind of touch on? Yeah, no, I, I mean, that that's the thing. We, we agree on like a lot of what you said. And that's like, I've had good experiences with, certain carrier sales reps and good experiences mm-hmm. with brokers. I just recently had a, a good experience with a broker. I, I forget the name that he was dealing with, but the the gentleman was just um, 
you know, he like he was uh, open and honest about the rate, and so that's what mm-hmm. um, I think. That's what uh, like the rate and what he was getting paid, where they'll like he'll share his yeah. screen with me, and so for sure, I think yeah. I think one of the biggest things that guys had problems with in 2022, and like why a lot of um, why a lot of owner operators were upset is because so there would be regular lanes that these guys would be doing, and then as the economy started to go um, to go array, uh, you know array or mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. you know as as fuel prices went up and inflation started to rise, these lanes all of a sudden of what they did three months ago, six months ago, all of a sudden mm-hmm. the rate the rates were dropping. And it's like, but in that case was, you know, the, the carriers weren't able to see the other side was the they customer. didn't know if the broker was paying the same, getting paid the same amount. Yes. They and, didn't and that, know. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know if, if that, if there was a, on that customer side and there was a lot less going on because as prices kept going up in the stores, you know, it, because if you think the prices and the fuel were going up, well, that must mean that the, the rate in which brokers are, are, you know, taking the freight for they must be getting a higher amount you know because of the fuel so that's i yeah. think where a lot of the maybe miss you know misinformation might have came where there could have been things have said but also yeah, at the same yeah, time yeah. there was a double-edged sword of you know when it comes to trucking a lot of people um there's always this uh you know a lot of youtubers get out there all the get rich quick people uh they made trucking look like this big gold rush and so like record yeah. a record number of authorities entered the market mm-hmm, in the last mm-hmm. three years. So the big guys are going to guess what they're going to do. They're going to go to all these new carriers who were one truck, two truck shows. And they're like, mm-hmm. and they just said, we're going to pay you garbage because now the market's too saturated. And there's, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the thing. It just seems to be a, such a tough scenario. And I guess the market's got to equate itself out, but you know, at what, at what cost, I guess like that. But um so, I mean, fr- from there, you, you've mentioned, you know, you've talked about a lot. You've dealt with carriers that you have good relationships with. You mentioned about how, you know, you talk to customers who have the freight as well as carriers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we've talked about offline is that one of the biggest problems, and we talked about it earlier, about how the, the tweet you said, do carriers consider brokers customers? So the biggest thing issue in this industry is probably communication. And whether or not we're talking about transparency and rates, the communication between brokers and carriers isn't what it could be. And you're developing something that can really, I, when I, when you showed me, when you showed me a little bit of under the hood earlier, what this, what this application and software is you're building, I think this is going to be the next truck smarter, which is a load board I, I was talking about. This is going to be probably one of the most valuable tools for any carrier, any dispatcher, to you so uh, yeah tell tell people what it is you're working on your business lost freight yeah yeah man i uh i appreciate the kind words i'm uh we literally just launched it whatever a week ago so i'm uh we're 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 just like and and like i said in in my little intro rants or whatever you want to call it uh I, I alluded to you know i have a partner jake he and i want to give him credit for all the code because like I said, he's a legit engineer and I'm not. And we met through kind of Twitter and, and talked about code. But as soon as he came on board, he was like, Reed, your code sucks. Like we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. <laughs> so, so, which I was like, Hey, fair enough. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, man. So lost rate is really born out of my experience as a carrier rep first and foremost, because I, I was really just thinking generally, like, how did I go about working as a carrier rep? And, and really, you know, like I said, I had this massive list of shipments and I needed to go out and find carriers for it. And 
I thought about how I found carriers and I thought about, you know, the processes that I was taught and all the various ways that you could go about finding a carrier. And I was like, you know, they're not, not every single one of them, you know, you can do, and some are better than others, but like generally there's not the best, there's not really a, a great quote unquote way to do it. Um, and, and this, like I said, too, after I had really decided I was going to move away from building a tracking portal, I was like, okay, what do we, what do we need to build? And I was like, you know, let's build something first and foremost, initially, I was thinking, let's build something that helps, you know, people find carriers, helps, you know, help, helps, but really kind of flip it and give carriers a way to be found, right? Not necessarily, let, let, let's build something for carriers from the perspective of a carrier, first and foremost, because on a, a, a side point is that so much of the technology and so much of the software that's out there and is being built in freight, freight tech, quote unquote, is really aimed kind of at brokers and shippers, first and foremost. They might have a, a thing for carriers, but it's generally, you know, and there's a variety of reasons for this, but there's generally, you know, a skew towards getting carrier, excuse me, brokers and shippers to write big checks, right? They're the guys who tend to write the big checks. So for that reason and for others, most of the stuff is built kind of for that perspective. So things that are built, you know, with information about carriers generally, um, and, and I, I'm speaking generally here, obviously there are exceptions. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to keep caveating everything I say. So just, just hold that, hold that listeners in your, in the back of your head generally. Um, it's, it's, if I had to characterize a lot of the software too, it was generally about carriers and not really for them. You know what I mean? And it kind of really played into this thing we talked about earlier about there being a general suspicion between both sides, right? You have things like a lot of carrier review sites, like kind of watchdog type stuff where, you know, you as a broker or as a shipper can be like, Hey, this carrier, you know, rightly or wrongly they can sit there and complain about carriers, right? Rightly or wrongly, like I said, in some situations it's definitely warranted, right? When people do shady shit, you gotta, you gotta make sure other people know that. But um, generally there was a lot of, a lot of people besides carriers talking about carriers and carriers are usually on the defensive on a lot of those sites, right? Like it's easy for a customer or a broker to put up a bad review of a carrier and the carrier all of a sudden is like, Oh crap. Like, what am I going to do? Right. Like I have carrier friends all the time who are like, oh, you know, like one bad review on one of the, you know, major review sites everyone knows is, you know, not good for business because every single time they work with a new broker, the broker's like, hey, you know, I see this. Talk about this. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, I, I had that in the back of my head. Generally, things are about about carriers as opposed to for them. And I had this experience looking for carriers and struggling to do that. And I was like, let's just kind of give carriers a place to put, let's give carriers a place to build a profile. And that's really theirs. That's first and foremost for them. Let's get the information up there that people who are looking for carriers find useful, right? So lanes, the type of equipment they have, um, their story, really, first and foremost, let's start with their story, who they are, right? Because a lot of the times you don't even know who these people are. Right. And I don't mean that in like, a, oh, we need to like make sure these aren't shady, but like, who the heck are these people, these humans, you know, who yeah. are these people driving the trucks 
Are they you businesses know? with a mission statement? Like, yeah, you know, that's the difference yeah. between carriers. Like, you go on any business's website, you know, our mission is to do this, this, and that. Yeah, you have these yeah. carriers, 510 truck operations. Is it just like, are you know, who are, you know, tell me who you are. Kind of, where's, what's your brand? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I was like, and, and right now, our, our, we've got bits and pieces on like a carrier profile of, of all of these elements that I'm talking about, right? And we really had to, make a big list of all these things and really pick and choose strategically, which needed to be included in kind of version one MVP quote unquote of the software of a carrier profile. Um, so, so uh, we've got, we are like, let's give them a way to, you know, put their story out there, their mission, yada, yada, that sort of thing. Let's um, then I, you know, the, the bread and butter uh, of it right now, I would say, the, the really the kind of big meat and potatoes piece of the, of the profile we're, we're enabling carriers to build is capacity, which is really the kind of a carrier's product, right? Which is, it's, it's what they have to sell to brokers and shippers, right? Is capacity. And I, I thought back to my experience as a carrier sales rep where I was like, half my day was spent calling carriers, asking them where they had trucks, right? Like, where the heck are your trucks? I can't help you unless I know where your trucks are. Right. And that could be me calling a one man show owner op every single day and be like, hey, man, like, where are you today? Like, where do you need to load tomorrow? Where do you need to load Friday? Right. And this is how I spent my entire day. Right. And one thing carriers do and carriers know this. Right. Carriers know in the back of their head, you know, that it's in their best interest for the brokers that they work with regularly to know where they have trucks. Right. Because that helps the broker, the carrier rep, play the game to go internally and get freight for the carrier, right? Um, which, which you probably have, you know, some experience with dealing with the same reps at, at, the, at the brokers as you work for, right? You call them up and you, it's kind of like your gateway to the brokerage, to the gateway to their loads, right? And having a good rep makes a difference. Um, caveat, I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, so we're like, okay, we know that carriers need to communicate their capacity to, to the brokers they work with, right? To, to the people they're working with regularly, because I was really thinking about my experience, like I said. So let's build a way for carriers to, on their profile, display their available capacity for however time, for whatever time horizon they decide. It could be for the next couple of days or for, you know, if you've got five trucks over the next two weeks, do that too, right? Whatever. And let's give them a way to cleanly display that and then let's give them a way to send that profile, this, which is a public facing profile to whatever brokers they want and basically say to the brokers, hey, if you want to work with us, come to this page. Here's all of our capacity. Here's everything you need to work with me. Right. And, and one of the taglines I'm working with, uh, I'm working with a ton of taglines. Right. I'm doing a lot. I'm wearing a lot of hats here. You know, and one of them is like, what's a, what's a, a slogan that sticks or whatever? I'm like. Never send a truck list again, right? Um, that's it. And that's well, that's one of the working ones, but I'm going with it. Uh, a lot of carriers, how do we, how do carriers communicate their capacity? They send truck lists. And if you're a carrier and you're listening to this and you're a dispatcher and you're listening to this, you, you're probably nodding your head. You're like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, a broker will call me and be like, hey, do you, you know, do you guys send a truck list, right? Because that broker, like, I, like me, was sitting in that chair, that carrier rep was sitting in that chair being like, hey, I need I need capacity because I need to move shipments. So I need to know where carriers have trucks, right? And if they're not posting on DAT, which a lot of them don't, 
you're not you don't know where any any of the trucks are. So I'm like, let's just make it easy for a carrier to share their capacity with the brokers they work with. And so that's really the meat and potatoes of the of the our, our MVP launch, this capacity board. Um, and yeah, and I'll kind of leave it at that. Does that make sense? Did I did I uh, like I said at the beginning? I uh, I'm kind of I'm just totally shooting from the hip here. So oh uh, no, please so, explain what doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, so for, from my perspective, what this sounds like to me, and I'll and I'll actually explain how I think that this can actually be a, a, a rising tide for all boats. So this is like a reverse load board in, in, in essence. So how I, and I've talked about this on the show, especially regarding my friends at Truck Smarter, people who have developed a very good transparent load board. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will go on Truck Smarter and find something going from point A or to anywhere or from point A to a certain city. And I, that's mm-hmm. how I go and find loads on the spot market. And in, in, in a way, this is the same thing uh, just for brokers where they can go on to your application, what you're what you're making. And instead of going through a list of like, because that's the thing, it's like how do you, some of these carriers and I know we talked about this offline. A lot of these carriers, 5, 10, 15, 20 truck operations, they don't have a website. They don't have mm-hmm. an, they, yeah. they, they, they basically just have an email and cell phone. And you've got to just mm-hmm. you have to like Google, uh, you know, you just have to search through MC numbers, so have it. And just because their MC is based out of Texas doesn't mean that yeah, their five yeah, trucks aren't yeah. currently in Ohio because the market's hot in Ohio. So with a kind of sort of live uh, live action stream where they can use this load board to find carriers, in essence, when if brokers know where carriers are and, and then carriers know that brokers can find them, what this is going to do is it's going to actually alleviate the hot and cold spot markets because that's kind of how I have to, it's like, I'll know, oh, rates are really good going to Colorado, but I'm not going to get anything going out. And I think that level of transparency and communication between brokers being able to just find the carriers can kind of be mm-hmm. the equilibrium that'll kind of fix that and almost help everybody and almost kind of streamline a mainstream like, what rates should be set at going for certain lanes. So that's that's kind of what I, I'm taking it as. And, and if I'm wrong, let me know. But that's it sounds like a reverse load board for, for you. In 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 many ways, in many ways I, I, I can see that for sure. Um and, and you know we've got all these ideas that I don't even necessarily want to even talk about because like I said they're ideas. I'm really focused on concrete right now. We've got a ton of list of all these things. Uh, that, you know, all these directions, I could see this going, you know, with dialing rates and all this stuff. And my partner, Jake, has to always reel me in and be like, Reed, stop. We've got a product now. Let's go out and get users and see what they want. Right. Let's go talk to carriers, get it in front of them and see what the heck they want. And then let's decide what we get, what we build next. Right. Um, it, because it's so easy to spend forever just living in your head being like, okay, I think people want this, this, and this and building out this feature. Next thing you know, you know, you're like, okay, it's time to try to sell this thing. And you call a carrier and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know what any of that means. And, and I'm in that stage right now, hundred percent, which is why, like, like I said, we're reeling it in. Me and Jake are kind of, you know, staking the ground. Here's where we're at. Let's work. Let's go. So, um, that analogy of a reverse load boards definitely makes sense. Uh, currently, we have zero, zero broker features, nothing for brokers yet. 
and that's a that's a yet we don't know kind of like i said we're letting the direction kind of um decide like make itself clear to us based on what people want right so right now the only thing that you can do is if you're a carrier you can make a user account you can then with your dot number create your profile and fill it out all your basic company info including your like general bio type stuff um, contacts, like your various contacts at a carrier, right? You might have dispatchers, safety people, paperwork people, that sort of stuff. Um, and then your equipment, uh, which is literally like you take, and we want it to be really based in reality too, because a lot of trucks on load boards, like when you see a truck posted on a load board, there are times where that's, there's really no guarantee that that's a real actual truck there. You know what I mean? Like just in the same way that a carrier might post a load or broker might post a load and you might be like, oh man, like this load's been posted for a week. Like I have no idea if this is even a real load, right? Uh, and I'm sure you experience that all the time. Um, but you're not in your head, so I, I, I know I, I'll, I'll, I'll assume you agree with me. But yeah, anyway, I'm going to say we, something about that in a little bit because I want to, uh, I want your opinion on it. But yeah, go on. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so we really want this to be grounded in reality. We want like because really, it's just about communicating where you have available capacity. And that needs to be grounded and tied to actual real trucks, right? So, so we're, we've constructed this in a way that basically takes, you know, you, you as a carrier will go in and key in each individual piece of equipment you have, whether it's your trailers and, or, and, your, and your tractors, or various trailer types, obviously, you know, all, all the trailer types that you can think of, all the major ones, at least. Uh, and then more specialized stuff like power only or spinner vans or straight trucks, reefer straight trucks, that sort of thing. You go in and you enter each one of those things. And we've got details on there that um, are probably more than you're used to being asked for as a carrier, including VIN numbers, uh, that sort of thing. And we pull in like all the information based like of the actual VIN into it too. So on your profile, you can see all the real actual equipment that a carrier has and and I can go into reasons why we're going down that route too, but I won't do that right now. Well, uh, it makes and, sense because sometimes people don't have reliable equipment. That, that's, yeah. that, that's a reason why people don't use carriers. I mean, if you're rolling around in an O2, whatever, that's got 1.5 million, maybe they don't make it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's that. And then there's like this whole insurance. There's like this big thing, I would say kind of bubbling under the surface right now with insurance fraud and, a lot of carriers, some care, not a lot, but some carriers not insuring their entire fleet and brokers asking for VIN numbers and calling insurance companies and all this stuff. I was like, look, we'll, we'll let's throw VINs in there and we'll give people an easy way to be like, hey, it's this truck. Here's the VIN number. If you want to call and cross-reference, here you go. I don't need to always be pulling up VINs and texting it to people and emailing it to people. Just go to my profile. Um, anyway, yeah, so you take all this equipment and then you kind of add capacity right you take that equipment and you say okay this is my truck this is my trailer here's where it's available for hire on this day in the city here's where we want to send it here's the max weight all the stuff you see on a typical you know truck posting right we we have that in there too um but really it's like it's it's just all about and it's it's, it's really not it's really about relationships too this is really a tool that's meant for a carrier who works with regular broker reps, who works with carrier reps, and you know wants to wants a tool that kind of augments that relationship, right? Because really, like I said, it was born out of my experience working with carriers as a carrier rep, and I know for a fact 
that me having real-time access to my all the carriers I work with, all their capacity, helps me help them, right? That's really what it's about. It helps me help them, right? Which is de facto carriers kind of helping themselves by, by communicating this information, right? So, so it's, it's 100% right now focused on carriers kind of divulging this information themselves. Um, so in that way, it is kind of like a reverse load truck board, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but like I said, nothing for nothing for brokers to post loads yet. So there's no there's no loads on here yet um, in that sense. And I mean, yet not as in we're building a load board now, but yet as in, like I said a million times, and I'm probably going to say it a, a million more times. We're 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 selling what we have now. We're seeing what we're seeing what carriers want, and then we're letting that guide kind of development. Um, yeah. No, so, yeah. Like, and what you're doing this level of t- this level of transparency, and, and I'm just really spitting this out there. Like, when it because brokers are going to be able to learn so much about the carriers they work with just off this alone that they're almost going to know the drivers. So this this is almost going to help like work life balance in a way because if brokers and carriers know these lanes and know what's going on and they know that they have a driver that lives in Colorado. And then, but, and he likes to, he doesn't like to go here, but likes to go here. You can almost make more easy and legitimate schedules. And if I'm just, and then also with what you're saying, with how you're selling what you have now, um, I, I, I can connect you with the staff. We could talk about it offline, but I could, I could tell you right now that there's people at over at truck smarter who'd love to talk to you about what you have going on because they're like you, they're all about helping they're trying to make it better for the carrier. So like I have weekly phone calls with these guys at, at truck smarter mm-hmm. on discord mm-hmm. actually. And I'm going to talk, talk to them and, and see if we can get you into that discord, because I think you'd be a great resource for people because um, when it comes to what you've got going on, uh, like I said, I think this is going to be groundbreaking, like some game changing stuff. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I, uh, sorry to cut you off there. I don't know. No, no, go, go on. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate the kind words. Like I said, I'm uh, but I don't want to, I, I don't, I am not, I have no zero laurels to rest on. Right. Like literally zero laurels to rest on. Like we're, we're, we are all, we're in total kind of land and expand mode right now. Customers getting customers, getting them using it, getting them breaking it because it's 100% going to break because if there's anything that I've learned uh, in, in my brief, brief code, coding experience is that you can press a button on your site a hundred thousand times and literally the first time somebody else presses it it's going to blow the whole thing up so (laughs) it's 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 we we are in just let's just send it get people using it see what breaks fix it as fast as we can and just iterate that's in the that's the mode we're in right now and we're totally into talking and seeing what we can do with other kind of people, like-minded people who are building in the freight world. Right. Um, we're totally, and I haven't re- I have, maybe I've said this and people can kind of glean this based on what I've said, but like I said, Jake and I built this entirely ourselves, right? Like we have no outside developers. We have no, we didn't outsource any of this We're it's, it's us, right? I'm more like kind of a product guy, marketer type at salesperson at this point. And he's the, he's the technical guy and we're, you know, working hand in hand to really kind of bring this thing to life. And, and we're looking for people who are doing similar things like that. So I've been on truck smarter site before. Um, I'm interested in learning more about what they're doing. I'd love to connect with them. So yeah, we can do that offline, but anyway, um, 
anywho, uh, uh, what next? <laughs> oh yeah. But also yeah. So we, you mentioned earlier about those loads on the load board that you're wondering if they're real and now, yeah. so, and I asked this, so, cause I've, this happened to me a couple of times and this happened to me actually when I was trying to get out of Connecticut recently cut to come back here to Texas, I had found, uh, there were two loads that I had placed bids on and the on truck smarter. And I had seen them. I had seen the loans on DAT too. They, it didn't have any, they don't really come with any, any delivery information. They'll tell you where it's picking up from, but it would never have the delivery date on there. And then mm. I, um, so for one of them, I called somebody for another one. I couldn't get a hold of them, but for the one, so with one, I, I put a bid on it and then it came back with a, a counter. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot the exact brokerage, but I mean, I asked for something very fair for the rate. I wasn't at, I like put it this way. I wasn't even asking for $3 a mile. It was just something because I know what the rates are kind of coming out of there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I get a call and I get this bid back and then I end up calling and I ask about the load. I say, Hey, can I get the load details and stuff? And then I, you know, and then I, I, I quoted it to the, to the woman. She said, he, I, I said, I'll, I said, can we do 4,000 on it? And she mm-hmm. said, oh, I'm maxed out at 2,500. Now I could tell mm-hmm. you off, off the rip that, you know, she says it's 2,500 to go from where it was going to where it was in Texas. I mean, you're talking about 13 to $1,500 in fuel alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so what, and the, the thing is at that point, you know, do I ask this woman, what are you getting paid for on the load? Or it, it, because here's what ended up happening was after is that load had already been on the board for 12 days. And I mentioned that I said, Oh, I had noticed that this has been up there for, you mm-hmm. know, almost two weeks. So I, I, I you know, I figured it, you were looking to get rid of it. It stayed up on the board until the day it was supposed to deliver. And then all of a sudden it disappeared two hours after the alleged pickup time, you know, what yeah. was, what do you think the story was on, on that load? Cause like, is it, did it go late? Did somebody actually take it? I, I don't know. Cause it I said mean, that I was the only bid on it on truck. Uh, dude, like any, there's thousands of different things that could have happened. Right. So obviously I can't speak with certainty caveat, but uh, I mean, if I, if I could just make up a couple possible scenarios i mean if if you have freight that isn't hot meaning it doesn't like maybe the delivery is super super flexible and they don't need it for they don't need the product for maybe weeks right you have no or there's no urgency for you to get it picked up and delivered you might have a broker post a load and just leave it up and see who calls and just throw out dumb cheap rates to see if anyone will take it on the off chance that they will. Right. Because again, if a broker has no incentive, they have no reason to move it right away. Then they might be like, okay, well, I'm just going to hold out for something cheap and just hope something happens. Uh, which is, that's definitely a tactic. Um, it could straight up just be fake. I mean, I, why would you do that? I'm not sure, but there's nothing stopping you from doing that either. Right. Right. There's no, and there's no real repercussions to doing it. Um, so, so maybe somebody's fishing for rates. Maybe they're like trying to quote, maybe they have like some lanes coming up in that. Maybe they have like some shit that's in that, you know, lane coming up that they might want to be like, okay, what are people, what are carriers quoting me on? Right. Because maybe they're turning around and quoting customers. So, I mean, it could be anything like that. Um, 
yeah i mean it could be any anything like that or it could they they could literally just be like a scumbag you know what i mean like doing something shady <laughs> there's yeah, no okay. way to know there's no way to know i mean yeah i wish i knew the, i wish i knew the name of the broker because i you know i got no problem uh sh- shelling it out or anything like that but i mean hey that's uh i mean i guess it's just how i guess it's just what what i had assumed and i guess that i mean i guess that's the state of the you know kind of the state of the industry right now and you know i'm i'm rooting for it to change and i think as long as you know, like I said, I think as long as more guys like you start, you know, coming around and it, like, um, like I said, that's why I wanted to have you on because there's something that you're doing that's going to, I think, going to improve a lot of people's lives. And I think it's going to improve a lot of relationships with brokers and carriers and could kind of keep um, keep all of us in business. You know, I know we had kind of mentioned it. Uh, we had talked about it when we had spoke on the phone and it also, you know, Gord, you know, me and Gord had talked about it. Um, and you just mentioned it not too long ago that there is an issue with the tech uh, and the, you know, with, with big tech. And the, I think you summed it up great is the shippers and uh, the, like the, sh- the, those customers, they're the ones who have the deep pocketbooks, books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're the one, like they're the ones who are going to be willing to invest in this tech. And that's why tech is tech is going to develop something and then go to them. And then they're going to mm-hmm. say, okay, well, we'll give you all this money, but you have to do this. And then the carrier doesn't hear anything about it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's just forced onto the carrier and now it's just inflated and made this, mm-hmm. you know, and it started to make this problem worse. And that's, it's, that's the same thing with e-logs and all these other types yeah. of things. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah you, you got anything else you want to, you know, you want to send out into the, to the ethers. You got any questions for me? Yeah, man. I mean, I, and, and, and I'll say this, like, I, uh, I totally, I love Twitter and I'm glad to have, have encountered you on Twitter. You know, it's my uh, that's my CB handle actually. If you didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I oh, really? Preface with that, so I got that, and I mentioned it on an episode. But yeah, I was stuck in a traffic at a snowstorm in Virginia on 81, and I was talking to a gentleman about what was going on because the highway was shut down. And I, whenever I'm in a shutdown and like where the highways closed, whether it's a fatality or something, I'll go on Twitter on my phone and like go on the local news. And I was telling this guy, I was like, yeah, I'm on Twitter right now. I'm on the local Virginia Roanoke news in Virginia. And then he, he had another question for me and he was like, Hey you, Hey man. And then he just said, Hey Twitter, that's what I'm gonna call you. And that's the only time I've ever been given a name. So that's, that's my (laughs) handle. But yeah, just, that's a quick sidebar, but yeah, go on. Um, Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I, I mean, I totally, I've been on Twitter. I mean, I've had my Twitter account for years and I have used it for all sorts of, you know, I've, I've, it's, it's definitely evolved over time through all my various interests. Uh, and I would say that I probably started diving into like the freight trucking, whatever, whatever you want to call it, Twitter world, like in the past six months. And I, dude, I, it's totally painting. I'm, I'm seeing perspectives in, in, in that I never really encountered before. Right. Like I'm taught like guys, like guys, like Gord. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I've really kind of been honestly diving in more, obviously, because I'm interested in like connecting with people and learning and, and doing kind of some, some work for my for, for, for lost freight, but like also just because I'm generally like, I'm interested in people and I'm interested in learning just in talking to people. I like talking to people. I like having, you know, kind of real and frank conversations with people. And I've, I've, Twitter trucking Twitter has really been kind of a breath of fresh air because I'm, I'm, and I'm encountering all these issues that I never really, that I encountered like in my day to day, you know, as a carrier rep, like maybe, you know, guys I talk to 
you know, talked about the ELD mandate, talked about kind of um, trucker facing cameras, that sort of stuff, like on the off, on the off, like offhand conversations. But like Twitter has got me reading and totally understanding all these, you know, or trying to understand all these issues faced by drivers that like are serious. Right. And, and tech in general, I think in many ways deserves kind of the bad rap that you guys are giving it because really at the end of the day, it's like, you know, ELD is like, it, you think about it and I'm like, why, like, what, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Why like speed limiting speed governors, that sort of thing. Like, you know, what are we doing? Like, is that who wants that? Right. I, and, and maybe there's reasons that I don't know, but when I talk to drivers, I'm like, what benefit do you see in this? And they're like, none. What benefit do you see in, in, in ELDs or, or cameras and all this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't have a massive, I haven't done exhaustive research on it. I haven't talked to really anyone about it. I've simply observed your guys' conversation and I've observed some writing done, you know, that that's been pointed out to me by Gord. Uh, and, and I've just been consuming it, you know, kind of in, in, in myself and just trying to learn. Um, so I, I love trucking Twitter. I don't even remember what, what you started talking about here. You, 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 you were talking about uh, surveillance, uh, and tech and, and yeah, so I, I've, I've been trying to learn basically, uh, and definitely in constructing our, our site here, really trying, doing everything we can to not follow that path. Right. And, and so that really means chasing carriers as customers, right? Not as kind of an afterthought, but really being like, okay, this is for carriers. Let's build something they actually want and actually will use and we'll pay, and, and we'll pay a modest fee for, right? Because we're not like, we're not a brokerage. We're not trying to get between shippers and carriers and take a percentage or take a fee or anything like that. Like it's just a straight up flat monthly fee, right? So, so that's we we just really don't want to try to follow we don't want to follow in the footsteps of everyone not everyone but people who have come before us and 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 really the companies that you guys kind of decry the trends you guys decry you know we want to yeah, avoid that <laughs> absolutely i mean like gord had said it's because a lot of what this technology does is it's just following those who have the big pockets and what it ends up doing is as is you know as all this stuff starts to evolve, the burden just ends up falling on the back of the driver, the owner operator. And so the more you add to it. So like if I'm, so as a business owner, me, I have to comply with all these regulations and do all these mm -hmm. things. And on top of it, pay for this fuel. That's a, a you know, it's not a fuel isn't not a fixed cost because it changes yeah. all the time. And then on top of it, you know, you have to deal, you know, then just to get, just to want to work, you have to talk to individuals who are trying to kind of lowball you. And, and so it becomes, so what ends up happening is, is the attrition that we're facing now in the industry. You know, there's such a meat grinder and turnover in this industry, like Gord had mentioned that, I mean, we're going to eventually run itself into what, what my biggest fear is, is if tech runs away as it is, and we can't get something like you to catch on and the right people to equalize this, what's going to end up happening is, is that, a lot of the wrong people are going to try to solve the problem with more automation and more mm -hmm, stuff. And it's going to take, mm -hmm. it's going to take the trucks out. And then we're going to run into national security issues and all these, and more accidents. And there's, I think mm -hmm. and, you know, more people are going to end up get, you know, getting, getting hurt because, you know, by ignoring these issues and not, you know, capitalizing on a, a lot of the stuff that, you know, you're trying to do 
over at Lost Freight. But um, yeah, man. But do you have any you have any questions for for, for me? Is there anything you you want to know? Yeah, I mean, I I in another thing coming from you know coming to trucking Twitter and really realizing and learning and seeing people talk about about is is attrition being the issue and not there being a driver shortage, right? Mm -hmm. Like the driver shortage has been drilled into our heads from kind of the big loud voices in the room for the entire time. I feel like the entire time I've been in freight and probably for longer than that, right? It's kind of like this hot subject tagline that you see everywhere. And I found it very interesting when I started to encounter people being like, yo, that's actually not true at all. And it's actually just a total meat grinder, uh, attrition, turnover issue, right? Um, and, and so I, I'm in, I guess I'm interested in, like, very briefly, I don't, like, if, if, we're, if we're running on time here, that's fine. Uh, but, like, what do you, like, what's, obviously, if you, you you're not going to, no one's going to have the solution, in, you know, packaged up cleanly. But, like, what do you think, like, needs to be done? Like, what needs to exist for this to change? Yeah. And, and Gordon and I kind of talked about this a bit because, there, you know, if, if only there was one answer. But yeah, what we've and I've mentioned it on several episodes is that there is no shortage. This is all linked to driver turnover. I mean, it's, at this and this is what I try to explain to people is so imagine the entire police force in your town and every three months, all the cops are brand new. That's mm -hmm. that's the state of the freight industry in, in America, at least for the general freight of all kinds, specifically mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. reefer and drive in like. You know, because yeah. mo most people who stick around in trucking, um, if they don't, you know, just quit or become owner operators in, in whatever their respective ways is a lot of people end up going to, you know, they'll get tanker hazmat to start working mm -hmm. in specialized freight doing, uh, you know, doing the better paying stuff. There's also a lot mm -hmm. less of that. Like people don't get their food from flatbed. People aren't getting their food unless it's like, I don't know, feed bags of animal food. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that's different. I'm getting too detailed. You know, people aren't getting their clothing from you know somebody who's hauling big tractors and oversized loads and stuff like that so your general like what you eat what you buy all that stuff is being is being moved by new people every three months and it's like mm -hmm. and the way the training is i mean you know there's a lot of immigrants in this industry so you're taking people who have barely driven a car in this country and in six weeks they're now you know mm -hmm. on, you know they're now going across colorado in december so mm -hmm. i mean it's, it's really tough so uh, uh, one thing and i know had gord had said this is we need to work on turning trucking back into being considered a skilled trade. They need to change the training, but things like the infrastructure of how our supply chain is set up and um, paying drivers more is better. So removing that FLSA exemption of mm -hmm. not of not paying drivers overtime. So when you mm -hmm. so when you start you know when you up the pay a little bit and you up the because that's the thing like most mega carriers and I mentioned this before like. You don't get a you don't get PTO until after a year, and it's a week mm -hmm. long, less than what you'd make if you drove. Um, and then, like I said, your biggest challenge is I mean, you don't have a safe place to park every night. Like you know, you know, if you got a if you got a two a.m. delivery at a uh, you know grocery DC, you you ain't gonna be able to get a shower. Yeah, they're not parking there. You're not parking there. They're gonna be like, you're you're out of here. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gone. And then all the truck stops are full, so it's a disaster. So I mean, to fix the driver shortage, I mean, it just it comes with there's going to have to be a lot of hard decisions to be made by the government and by, you know, mega carriers who have, um, you know, evolved since post deregulation to turn into this meat grinding kind of 
you know, industry, because like I said, it, it isn't sustainable. Eventually it will run itself aground to where there is a supply chain shortage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there will be like, there will be more empty shelves and prices of things will go up because, you know, a lot of people have told me, you oh, you're so mad about this stuff. And it's like, the thing is, I, I love, I love trucking, man. This job has done wonders for my mental health. It's like, I've become, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit and making content is all comes from changing my career in this. So I'd rather just mm-hmm. fight and save and fix it because you want to know what's happening is people are quitting and all mm-hmm. it's going to do is, you know, in the, eventually the more people quit, the worse it's going to get. But like I said, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to talk too long. I don't want to take anything away from anything else you got or anything else oh, you want to share. I, I mean, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm generally interested in all this, right. Just for person, you know, for personal, you know, just thought, too, right generally because i mean freight trucking is really one of the last kind of bastions of just like high paying blue collar work right and like there are guys there are guys where you can be an immigrant and show up and make a solid living you know doing driving truck right and and some of my you know some of my favorite best carriers i ever worked with were guys were, were immigrants right and and their 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 lives are changed as a result of it, right? And and if I had like a and this is just a super kind of soapboxy kind of cringe probably thing to say, but like if I had like one, if I could do one thing, if I could build one thing to like accomplish a goal, the goal would be like let's try to build something that makes that like enables like trucking to be like this like. Like, let's build this like an adventure type thing back into it, right? Because you watch all these movies from like the 70s, like all the, you know, there's typical smoking the bandit, convoy, those sorts of things. It's like you're you're watching that. Only like only Smokey and the bandit could have delivered that course from wherever the hell they started in Texas to Georgia. Like they were the only ones for the job, right? And it was cool. And it was badass. And they were driving around and like making diversions for that that sheriff like that was sick right like that ethos that kind of like adventure ethos like where you're like a skilled you know like it's only you that can do this like that's that's like super cool and i don't have any idea how to how to like magically make that happen again but like that's cool and we need more of that and we need people like that's what people need in their lives just generally you know what i mean like that's how you live a life and you're like feel like you're doing something right like that's 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 what we need more of and i don't know the answer and maybe i'm maybe i'm sounding like a big idiot and this is just a giant miss but like i'm trying man i want to figure something out and no. and i think with enough kind of reps we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get somewhere we'll, we'll figure something out no and I, i'm with it. you yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that, and I mean I I think that's a great place to leave it because I I, I look at I looked at I look at our relationship as a as a working relationship because I want to work with you along the way, and clearly you share the same sentiments because if it's one thing about trucking, I mean it is. I there's guys who get out of prison and then they're able to build a business. You know, there's not other jobs like that. You know, any employer you go to, they find out you're a felon. It's like you know you're not getting like, but trucking, no, nah, you you get in get a CDL. That's mm-hmm. it. it. It's it is one of those last few kind of kind of like and especially because of the turnover, it's one of it, you know, kind of like when guys got back from World War II or, or Korea or Vietnam, like when you got when they got back from those wars, 
like as soon as they got back, they could have walked in anywhere and got a job. Now it's not really like that. You know, you can't just, you know, you can't just graduate high school and go get a, get a banging job, but trucking mm-hmm. still kind of exists for that. And, mm-hmm. but no, I, I appreciate what you have to say. And yeah, no, we're going to fix it. And that's why I'm trying to, that's why I'm trying to, trying to pump out more content. And I want to have guys like you on and I, and I want to have you back on soon to talk about updates with this, um, you know, with what you got going at lost freight and on this website, because I think this is going to be something like I said, it, what like it's gonna it's gonna be groundbreaking, big big time, and uh, it's not coming yet. So hopefully you got patents, so nobody washes us and steals what you got <laughs> going Dude, on. Dude, the internet, anyone can steal anything on the internet, right? Yeah, but I'm not really worried about people stealing ideas because I've like it's so freaking hard to build something that people actually use, right? That I the the the. the the idea of somebody stealing your idea is kind of overblown because it's just, it's hard. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really hard. They're going to be like, man, this sounds great. And then try to do it. And they're going to be like, nah, for, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, like it's, yeah. Anyway, it's, but that yeah. makes sense. But, but so uh, what, yeah, what were you going to say? I'm just going to, I was just going to say, dude, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I would love to come back on anytime. I'm going to hopefully improve in my kind of clarity and in my, you know, clarity of thought and speech as time goes on, because as soon as you do this, and I'm going to have a hard time listening to myself on this too. Oh, I do uh, too. I, I barely <laughs> replay what I, what I say. I, I hate my own voice so much. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I appreciate you for having me on, you know, A, for giving, you know, giving me a platform to kind of talk about what we're trying to do, but B, giving me a platform to try to like actually practice speaking because it's not, it's not easy and it's not something that, you know, you, you feel super self-conscious and this holds true for anything that you do creatively. Right. And you're probably experiencing, experiencing this a hundred times a day, pushing out content. It's like, you're going to feel like an idiot. You're going to feel like you're doing everything wrong. People are going to, you know, people are going to shit on you and that's all fine, but you got to just fucking keep going. Right. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you giving me this, you know, exercise in, in that, in that sort of vein. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And, and yeah, and well, I'll even have you back on and I'll pick a topic. We could talk about, uh, we could talk about anything else going on. We could talk about non-freight sure. stuff. Like I said, th- this is this is just the Lombard Trucking Show. Like I said, it's just me telling my story. There's episode, you know, I made an I made an episode about why I love JFK. You know, on the anniversary, <laughs> like so, I'll talk about you know, I'll I'll basically talk about anything on there. So I'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely get back together. Like I said, we're we it's if it, if the nobody's going to be changing the world for us. Nobody's going to be making. Nobody's coming to save us. Uh, we really got to start yeah, taking extreme ownership, doing it yourself. But before we go, where where can the people find you? You know, where can carriers yeah. find your website? Where where are you on social media? What's uh what's your contact that you're willing to give out? Yeah, yeah, man. I uh, if anyone's still listening at this point, I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, I haven't turned too many people off. And and if you want to find me, um, my email is read at lostfreight.com. Uh, freight spelled F R eight. I'm, uh, I'm totally going against the convention of spelling things properly in your URL. Uh, so screw it. Um, uh, my, my Twitter handle is lost is read, I think. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, and, um, yeah, Twitter and email that you can find me there. Yeah. Those are the best <laughs> that's places. That's where I'm at all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, that's perfect. So, Read at Lost Freight. That's R E E D at L O S T F R, and then the number eight dot yep, com. Yep. And, yeah. And yeah, that's our website, lostfreight.com. You can go there. Um, email me, DM me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, say whatever you want to me. 
tell me I suck. Tell me my product sucks. That's fine. Uh, feedback is feedback. So yeah, appreciate, appreciate you having me on, uh, Michael and, uh, hope to be back and, and, uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been fun. No, it's been good. We'll do this again soon, man. I appreciate you. Cool. See ya.